Craggy Island Rugby, day four, the final. Connacht are champions. More on that anon. Where are we, Alan? Apple Green, just outside Belfast, 8.42. In the morning, we took a furry for a wee part of the night. We sat in the docks for a long part of the night. Dave Finn, welcome along. Yeah, I'm not sure sitting in the docks is the best way to put it. But yeah, we did uh, wait for the ferry with four coach loads of Connacht fans who were... In good spirits, if not necessarily in good hygiene. Um, harsh, but probably true. Uh, loads chatting away to loads of fans, both teams chatting away to staff. Uh, just a general, a general feeling of tiredness, but just good spirited, good spirits. But it's been a long couple of days. It has been a long com- a couple of days. Dave's journey was pretty epic in a much shorter span of time. So we'll talk about that. Now. William Davis. Good morning, Rob. We are a little bit tired here, so you're probably thinking, oh my I'm God. <laughs> I'm not. Helen's I've off. had two coffees now. I'm buzzing. <laughs> there you go. So you're probably thinking, oh my God, I press play to hear this amazing noise of these guys celebrating the greatest ever win. Well, we just needed to start the podcast. So we've done that. Let's take you into the story of the game. William, first of all, you, uh, you got the sounds as the team arrived. Yeah, I was out on the balcony uh, in the back of the West Stand looking down on a sea of uh, mostly green flags and that was the start that was the start it was the start of the takeover of Murrayfield by Connacht supporters Uh, they outnumbered Leinster supporters they outsang them shouted them got all of the neutrals on board were there to party and support the team and it was an amazing atmosphere out the back there if you hadn't actually if you weren't there I hope it's captured by what you're about to hear Welcome to the balcony behind the commentary area, which is a sea of green and blue, but the blue being outnumbered, I'd say, by about four or five to one. And you can hear the field starting to be belted out. The pipers are piping the Connacht coach as it comes down to the team entrance area here. Eddie the Eagle is whipping up the Connacht fans. He's been uh, engaged in a little bit of banter with... uh, Leo the Lion and now the bus just starting to come down here a large round of applause there are hundreds and hundreds of Connacht fans here quite an amazing sight the pipe band almost being drowned out the bus making its way very very slowly down being just brought into its parking area Joycey the kit man there he's pushing it into position Players just starting to disembark. Pat, Pat Lamb is the first off. Listen to the cheer for Pat Lamb. The players coming off starting to take their kit out of the bus to go inside. Connacht in the home changing room here, the Scotland changing room. That's why they arrived after Leinster, who arrived about seven or eight minutes ago to a much more muted reception. Although they did get a good cheer from the Connacht fans.
stadium might not be full, but that's one heck of a noise. Yeah, they know how to do a bit of ceremony here in Murrayfield. They're quite famous for the Six Nations. That was a very loud opening. Uh, members of the UK military bringing on the Leinster and Connacht uh, team crest flags. And we had a piper, Nigel Owens, coming out now. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really sort of revving up. There's a, there's a good crowd in here. The bottom tier pretty full on the opposite side. Uh, and behind the goals is well enough populated. of Rye within three minutes of the start. Okay, William, 11 minutes and 17 seconds on the clock. It's been uh, it's been pretty breathless, really. Um, more more Leinster than Connacht at this stage, but Connacht did make a good break. Yeah, we started off a little bit nervously, and we maybe we're still not quite up to the pace of the game. Johnny Sexton has way too much time. He's putting in very clever kicks, just short of the 22 he's, he's making our defenders work very hard to get the ball um, they've probably been making a little bit more yardage as well but nil nil yeah they're winning a lot of the contacts at the moment and they're rooking they're rooking is phenomenal so we need to um, see if we can slow that ball down Connacht got through on that rock with a boot to ball. That was McGinty. Nia Diolokin is chasing this down and McGinty as well. Diolokin gets the man to ground and Leinster have it 15 metres inside their own half and kicking it straight back down the field. Matt Heady has come across from the left wing to tidy things up on the right-hand side by fielding this kick and running it back to the 10-metre line. Tiernan O'Halloran is outside him but Heady says, I'm just going to try and go through the gap. He does that. He stays on his feet. Wonderful balance from Matt Heady as he takes it up to the 10-metre line and presents the ball well. A great work from Finley Beelan to keep him moving. Tiernan O'Halloran. He might go inside. O'Halloran. Fantastic try from Tiernan O'Halloran. Again, astuteness from the inside players, knowing that there was something on on the outside. Tiernan O'Halloran had a player outside him but didn't need him. Drew the man, then stepped inside him and just turned on the afterburners and gets over on the left-hand side for a brilliant try for Connacht. Matt Healy with the break. Finley Bealham acting the scrum half and moving that ball quickly. That's my point about the guys understanding where the space was. The guys on the inside, whether they be backs or forwards, get the ball to where the space is. And then the guys that receive the ball doing the right thing when they're on it. Okay, William, just coming up to 20 minutes and Connacht leads 7-0. Well, the first 10 minutes was Leinster's. The last uh, 10 minutes has been Connacht's. They've got their game plan. They've got it moving. And it's getting the ball wide. Adge McGinty running the game, but it's it's Matt Healy and Nia Diolokum scaring the bejesus, if I can say that on this programme, out of the Leinster defence just by running hard, straight lines. Fabulous try by Tiernan O'Halloran. And uh, we're, in, we're back in business now. We've got our game going. We certainly do. We'll talk in a few minutes. 21 minutes gone. 270 metres with ball in hand for Connacht so far. 90 metres for Leinster. That's a very interesting stat. And I'd say Eddie Alokum has contributed. Well, the two wings, Eddie Alokum and Matt Healy, have both contributed enormously to those numbers. Connacht fans had to put the extra miles in to get here. The Connacht players are putting in the extra metres in this game so far. 
the kick downfield from Redden. It's a high Gary Owen and a bit of pressure on Healy. No pressure on Healy as he takes it well. His jersey's ripped as well. He's passed it infield to O'Halloran who's tackled as he got that away. Not easy. Henshaw, a lot of work to do. Henshaw holds off one, two. What an offload. O'Halloran, bring it offload. Aki throws it back in field. Mermin does very well. Here's Adi Alokan now. Chip from Adi Alokan. He's running after it. He touches it all with his foot. Adi Alokan what a fantastic try from Adi Aloka. Nothing on but he put the chip through. You could see he was being held back. He couldn't get his hands to it, so he kicked it on again. Back to his pace, gets the touchdown. Fantastic. This is the Pro 12 final here on Tallway Bay FM. We're in the 22nd minute of the game. And the Adi Aloka has just scored Connick's second try. They're playing the rugby. They are on fire at the moment. There's a long way to go, but they're 12-0 up. Okay, William, 29 minutes, 31 seconds. Connacht now lead 15-0. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's quite weird. I, I don't actually know what to say. I've been sitting here for a couple of minutes, and it's, it's just a surreal sort of feeling. The whole ground is behind Connacht. doesn't really seem to be any Leinster supporters here at all. If they are, they've, they're very, very silent. Eddie the Eagle is running around like a madman, whipping up support that's everywhere. They are playing superb rugby. They're playing, they're taking a risk, but they have the faith in this system. They back each other and uh, it's quite staggering. And it's uh, I don't really know what to say. Yeah, it was Nii Yadi Yolokum with an amazing, amazing try, individual try, after another brilliant breakout. And then Aj McGinty has kicked a penalty to put three scores between us. We're sitting, we've got a really weird scenario. We're sitting in the press box. There's nobody within three rows of us. And we're the only ones shouting and roaring. And we have to calm ourselves down because we realise we're in the press box. But I don't care anymore. This is just unbelievable stuff. And there's a group of very, very glum Leinster supporters, many of whom have now been reduced to looking at their mobile phones through most of the game. Look, there's a long way to go, a lot can happen yet, but this is, well, this is just dreamland. It certainly is, yes. This is, these are a champion side. They'll come back in us. Be, there's something more in this game. Luke Fitzgerald is now fit and ready to go. We'll talk again at halftime. It's 15-0. We're dominating the game in practically every aspect. Maybe not the scrum. They're getting a couple of penalties from scrum. But other than that, this is this is all about Connacht. Absolutely, Alan. It's, it's all about Connacht. You keep expecting Leinster to fire themselves up or something, and they, they just haven't. Uh, they look so laboured when they have the ball. They're just shoveling it on. I don't know what they'll do at half time but Connacht are just going to keep doing what they've been doing the, the system the process Pat Lamb skipped down the steps there into the dressing room for a few tweaks no doubt um, they're 40 minutes away they you've got to feel that Leinster are going to come back at some stage here they, I mean they're a champion side but Connacht are just all over them you know they're, they're, they're that bit quicker all the time to every situation and uh, as long as they can manage the scrum, which could become quite a tricky situation if, as it continues, we're in a good place here. The Leinster lineout is just about functioning without Toner, but they've had a few losses there. 
Yeah, it's it, we're winning after, after that first 10 minutes when it took us a few minutes to get into the game. We've just dominated this game. The crowd, the, the stadium erupts every time we get the ball because they think something's going to happen. And for the most part, it, it seems to happen. This is just, you know, this, this is just incredible. That's all I can say. It's incredible. We'll talk again on 60 minutes normally, but we'll wait and see. We don't know what's going to happen in the second half. Okay, William, it's 52 minutes. We've just survived an onslaught from Leinster and are now on the attack. It's 15-3. They've got one penalty back. We still have the ball. Yeah, Connacht got themselves out of a bit of a jam there. And uh, I don't know if we're still playing advantage here. If it is, it must be the longest in history. So I'm assuming he's called it over. Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're back in business. We're outside there, the, the, the 22. Leinster had a big chance there and fluffed it. Yeah, if we can survive these scrums, I think we'll win this game. Go on. And that's Tom McCartney on the line. He'll have to go up the stairs. Held up. Held up. Five yard scrub to Connacht. Oh my word. What a break that was from the 22. Yeah, once we get into open field play, we're, we're skinning them. And they really don't seem to know how to handle it. Their defensive line's just disintegrating. It's the same. It was the same in the first half. First ten minutes, that is in a bit of trouble. And then we took off, and it's it's the same story again. Well, Scrum's been a problem for us, so this has to be really fast ball. This has got to be in. Oh, he was just, just, just turned. As he was putting his hand down to score, he's flipped over. their own 22 Leinster Alec Connacht can they do it as well as them though well they've got up to the 22 Connacht you're back on their feet and counter rocking Leinster of the ball Connacht come true on it pay on says the referee turn over to Connacht pick it go and Leinster offside at the fridge of the rock but no penalty advantage perhaps we'll see no the hand isn't out still Connacht ball five metres in for the touchline Marmion has it Bealham has it he gets it on to McCartney it should have been knocked on but McCartney had somehow managed to keep it alive and McGinty did really well yeah, McCartney just passed it on to McGinty. McGinty showed great hands there. He was under awful pressure but held on to the ball and now Muldowney takes it up. What a t- trucking run from Muldowney. Ford's not in, in, in position yet but McCartney is having a wonderful game and a wonderful season. In the 22, Connacht. Here's McGinty, wants to move. Here's Aki, back inside to O'Halloran. Leinster are reading that move. They've tackled him. They're on the wrong side. They need to roll away. Crowd won a penalty. Nigel Owens doesn't want to give it unless he has to. Marmion's trying to give it. Play on. Stay back, says Leinster. Slow ball outside the 22. McGinty's going to try and work something from a standing start. Never easy in this game. Marmion, first receiver will be Muldoon, but Marmion tries to go himself. That's clever from Kieran Marmion. Quick ball might do it here. They're just a little bit slow at the base, though. Leinster want to play it but they're offside if they do so they can't and they don't Henshaw goes back the way a switch move a kick through for McGinty the chase the try yes he scores try number three we spoke about patience and composure and my goodness gracious me what about that from AJ McGinty nothing else on a massive sequence of play where the defence was sucked up brought up quite flat because Connacht were picking and driving and picking and driving and then right at the right moment a beautiful deft little chip through by AJ McGinty bounced on by that master poacher Matt Healy what a fantastic score super intelligence and great patience great composure 
Okay, Williams, 67 minutes, and Leinster have scored a try. Um, mainly by the looks of it, because Tiernan took a heck of a smack and stayed on the ground for quite a long time. Well, John Cooney got injured at a replacement scrum half, and the whole thing had to change around. Robbie Henshaw going to fullback, Tiernan going to the wing. Tiernan then, in a, in a perfectly legal tackle, taken down. He's walking off very, very gingerly now, but Nigel Owens made the decision not to stop play. Uh, that didn't, didn't, didn't help the, the colour crowd. So look, we're into, we're, we're into there. We, we knew this was coming. The 68 minutes, it's 2010, but we're all over the shop now with players. Shane O'Leary, I think, has come on. I don't know where he's going to go. They're going to have to rejig this around. That's for a simple clearing kick. We're sitting just, just about 15, 20 feet away from all the, the players, the players who aren't playing. And they're up and down like yo-yos. They're, every one of them are playing every minute of this game, 73 minutes. I don't know. They're playing every minute of this game. I think I'm playing every second of it, Alan. I'm, uh, I'm actually trying to find things to do, sending texts to Rob so I don't have to actually watch it. It's... Uh, it's... Nerve-wracking, uh, yeah, nerve-wracking. Five minutes and 27 seconds and I need something to do so we're, we're taking these recordings more regularly Connacht have just won a penalty on our own 10 metre line the fans are being brilliant trying to keep them raise, raise them up and keep them going for the last few minutes because they're going down like flies out there uh, yeah they absolutely are Alan it's just uh, if I wasn't leaning on this desk I think I'd have fallen on the floor at this stage <laughs> this is absolutely horrendous but the crowd are up again. The Connacht players to our right are—they're out there. They're actually twitching. They're—they're they're just so so wound up in this. Uh, locum hanging on by, but he's up again. He's look. They're all heroes today. This man of the match stuff. But the boy with the ball in his hands, Adj McGinty, has had one hell of a game today. 77 minutes 54 seconds. Nigel Owens has just called a scrum about seven metres away from the Leinster line. He's let the clock keep running, which he doesn't normally do in these situations. It's now gone past 78 minutes. The score is 20 points to 10 to Connacht. This would take a miracle now for Leinster. Yeah, it would have to be something really peculiar. Connacht just uh, minutes or seconds away from glory. Johnny Sexton has just thrown a forward pass on 79 minutes. Connacht are going to win. This is happening. We have a scrum. <laughs> I can't believe this. We have a scrum five metres from the Leinster line. It's now 79 minutes and 15 seconds. And Nigel Owens normally stops the clock for these scrums and he's just letting it run and run. We're now at 25 seconds. into the pad of Fitzgerald and Nia Diolokan has a chance to make one more hit Bundiaki makes one more hit 80 minutes from a man on one knee and Nia Diolokan comes through on that but it's still Leinster ball on the 10 metre line last play Connacht lead by 10 points Edinburgh had a margin with 30,000 people in the city today but I don't think any of them will run as fast as the Connacht players onto this field Leinster have almost knocked it on Fitzgerald keeps possession Sexton keeps going, 
Leinster keep going. O'Halloran gets across. A little kick of the feet from Kirshner. A chip and chase. It'll be touched into touch. It's all over. Collect our Guinness Pro 12 champions. They have done it in the most spectacular of fashion. Tiernan O'Halloran, Nia Diolokan and Matt Healy get the tries. And the final score is Connacht 20, Leinster 10. It's chipped ahead. This ball just has to go dead somewhere. There. Here come Connick. Jay Keenan first up to get a medal. Followed by Tom McCartney. Ronan Lockney. Kieran Marmion came over here to join the academy. Lockray granddad making Connacht an ideal destination. Ronan Lockney just getting his medal now. Can I just say, Rob, I am very proud to say that I've been invited to the young man's wedding next Saturday, and Fantastic. we must wish himself and his beautiful fiance Finn uh, every success and every happiness in their in their uh, lives together. Finley Beelam came over from Australia to Ulster first, and then the Connacht Academy. Matt Healy. What a season that man has got. Up on 10 tries now after today. Shane O'Leary came off the, wi- off the bench, went on the wing and did all Matt Healy's duties. Oh, McKeown injured at halftime. An amazing first half. Alton Delan, what a game he had. How many tackles did he make? Tiernan O'Halloran, how did he come back from that hit? What a try. Niadio Loken, what a try in the first half. We'll never forget it. Dave Heffernan, rock solid. Henshaw in his last game for now in green. Will we see him in it again? I don't say we won't, that's for sure. Sean O'Brien. Peter Robb is there. See JP Cooney coming up. Just incredible scenes, Rob. Absolutely incredible. The joy on everyone's face. And you got to hand it to Leinster. They're standing there to applaud the victors. They've not left the scene. Fair play to them. Andrew Brown, his brother Damien, will be so proud of his younger brother. What a season, what a year he's had. Sean O'Brien from Collegians. Rodney Ayew. Ali Muldowney on the way to Grenoble. And French TV were covering this live. And you better believe the people of Grenoble will be buzzing about the thought of Ali Muldowney joining them. Bontiaki. Need I say anything else? AJ McGinty. Lovely to see all the wider squad and the uh, coaching staff all just stepping in at the back of the group here. It's wonderful for the folks at home if they could see this. Here we go. Here we go. The trophy's about to be lifted. Really hope you enjoyed that. That's our story of the day. Brilliantly recorded by the lads. But we have one more segment we want to throw in, but this needs a bit of explanation. Alan, you got some post-game audio with the players as they walked around on their lap of honour. Maybe explain a little bit more who you got. And the first person I got was uh, Owen Masterson, who was on crutches. And I managed to kick the crutches at least two or three times <laughs> while I got the interview. <laughs> he did very well to keep, uh, to keep going. Um, I got Ron Lockney. I was chatting to Conor McPhillips. I was chatting to... Andrew Brown and I think I finally got Jimmy Duffy I might have missed someone in there I'm not sure but it was great and it was brilliant to be out there oh. 
That, that'll make the recovery a little bit easier, won't it? Oh, absolutely. It's unbelievable. I, I can't put into words. You know, it's hard watching on the sideline, but the lads are oh, they're absolutely unbelievable. So proud of every single one of them. Not just the 23, but, you know, got on the pitch. But the whole squad, every, everyone played a game. Everyone played a part. And, you know, it wasn't one today. It was one in September, October, November, December, all the way through to today. I'm so proud of everyone. So happy for everyone. This is unbelievable. Brilliant. Thanks, Owen. Lux, Lux. Quick word for Craig Yell and Rugby. What a win. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Can't, can't, it's it. The whole thing was a blur. It's just amazing. Like, oh, it's dreams. Things amazing. Dreams. They most certainly yeah. are. Oh, yeah. Thank Unbelievable you. support. Just Thank you, man. Thank you, man. I like you all panic supporters. <laughs> Love it, man. Connor. Connor, I, t- I turned around near the end of the game because I wanted to see how you guys were doing. You were gone. You were down on the pitch. I wanted to have a quick word with you before you went. What a win. Oh, yeah, just delighted for the boys. Uh, I think we showed that you can, you can win a final uh, by playing the rugby you played all season. You don't need to play finals rugby. We just stick to what we do every week and we play the game we want to play. And uh, this proved you can do it. And just delighted for the boys. Uh, played good rugby, won a final. What more can you ask? Fantastic. Well done, Connor. Thanks a lot. What a win, Jimmy. Oh, look, I can't say anything. It's been, uh, it's been an amazing 12 months. Uh, people here traveling from their clothes. It's unbelievable. It's absolutely unbelievable. It took a breath away when we arrived. It's going to be some day tomorrow. You're heading back tonight. We're going back on the ferry tonight. Uh, it'll be, it's an easy trip now, so it doesn't matter. Oh, yeah, it won't matter. Well, I have to drive there. I have to drive there, Jimmy. <laughs> okay. Brilliant stuff from Alan. Uh, I think "Thank You, Man" might be on a T-shirt for Alan now. And uh, that nice little clip with Ronan Lockney. Well, this could have been worse. Could have been "Thank You, Dude." Um, <laughs> he was he was seconds away from saying it there. Uh, meanwhile, you know, you have to understand he is a child of the '60s, '70s. You know, long hair, free love. Um, <laughs> Thank you, man. Yeah, you know, you know, hugging, hugging, and kissing. You know, it's it's all part of who he is. You can't take it out of him. You you take the rough with the smooth, and you know his phraseology. If that's all we're complaining about. We shouldn't worry too much. <laughs> Before we give him a chance to explain himself, it was great to get out on the pitch and just get those couple of seconds. Yeah, it was because it looked almost impossibility from where we were. But <laughs> it could be a real trouble that was pro twelve listeners. <laughs> sometimes you just have to go. Yes. Keep going until somebody says you can't. That's the way to do it. I've done it plenty of times. Uh, head down. Never, and the other thing is, never look back, because that give you that. That's the end of it. If you look back, Mister Security Man is going to do you. Kind of knee add your local approach to uh, getting interviews after it. So yeah, it should be said about the Roland Lockney interview. Maybe you could explain a little bit more why you were saying thank you, man. Yeah, as I, as I interviewed Roland, he just threw his arm around me. So <laughs> I felt in, in uh, a little bond going on there myself and Ronan. And it's clear along. to the listeners. It's clear to the Absolutely. Listeners. And I also then, I, I, I came back up and you wanted to get me to go and get a player to come up, so I had to go back down again. And I managed to wangle my way back into the dressing room and I think I got some audio of the, them singing the song and Bundy doing his little chant um, before somebody said, what, what, why are you here? Right. 
noise from that re- dressing room, the noise on the pitch, and the celebrations. Dave, you were doing the stats for us in the uh, commentary and uh, keeping me on track as best you could, <laughs> keeping yourself on track at times. It was a tense, tense uh, second half there, and the sheer emotion and the noise as the game c- came to a conclusion, as we probably heard in the uh, match stuff there. Amazing stuff. Yeah, I mean, as the press conference comes, there is something from our perspective highly amusing about listening to the captain of the losing time team slightly being drowned out by the sound of singing coming from the winning team's dressing room that was that was fun there was some emotional scenes there was stuff that we haven't got like um, the row in front of us including some from family members of players mm. and they were turning around to us and there was, I think, Joe. Joe knows him personally, and they were having great interaction with him. And it got very. It was very emotional. It was. It was. It's very hard to explain. We, we've never been here before. Yeah. Um, I think. I think the only people who can genuinely tell you what it was like, like to be on the page, are the players. But from a fan's <laughs> perspective, it was just that sense of achievement that you. To be honest with you, a year ago we thought we, we would have been happy with sixth. When we won the entire competition, we've exceeded our expectations by so much. And it does become emotional. It does become... It goes beyond fraternal. It goes beyond... It's, 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 it's almost family. And it's like a big family occasion that's gone incredibly well. It becomes just more than just a victory and a celebration. It, it becomes... a. It, it's it's an intangible thing about what it means to everybody. And it means something slightly different to everybody involved because everybody has their own personal story. And that's why it was so emotional because for every person who watched it, all the 10,000 Connick fans and the players and the and, and, and the backroom staff, it, each one has their own individual take on it and that's why. But ultimately it's about a journey that everyone's been on and it's just... Everybody has their own little spin, and I think that's what it's, it's just so good because we all have this collective thing, but it's our own take on the individual thing. So it's just brilliant. I mean, exhausting, but brilliant. Super summation. Okay, so what we're not going to do in this podcast, lads, is wow, we're champions. What does this mean? You'll understand, listeners, we need some time. All of us need some time to put that on, down, and we hope we've captured. We're just trying to take you through, just take you through the last 24 hours a little bit. That's the whole point of our daily podcast. Yeah, that follows on from what we've done earlier, really, yeah. and it's it's just that was the culmination of everything else we've we've broadcast. Yeah, and <laughs> as we sit here now, we're just scattering our thoughts. We got to get home. We'll be home by about uh, noon or maybe one. Alan says about one. We'll get about two or three hours sleep, and then we'll capture some of the celebrations. Yes, it's, it's slightly insane scheduling, but it's wonderful at the same time, and it's it's an opportunity now for fans who didn't get to the game to come along and celebrate and just uh, give it a certain panache. We've seen some of the video from Knock Airport last night. That looked absolutely stunning. Brilliant. Half half one in the morning. Oh, um, so let's see what happens this afternoon in Galway. And they were lighting bonfires in tune on the way home and all that stuff. It, it must be fantastic to see. Uh, one thing as well that we probably take a little bit of a snippet from here, Alan, is we went out to the balcony that looks down on the concourse just where the team get on the bus because we heard a bit of noise and you, you'll see the pictures folks of the crowd gathered on every step all the way around looking down and then packed around the railings that was amazing that was probably one of my highlights that I'll never forget uh, the best part of an hour of singing and chanting and the players coming out taking photos hugging the fans yeah and they really lapped it up Ash McKinty just I think he nearly jumped into the crowd at one stage he just was just absolutely loving what was going on Bundy of course was Bundy and the crowd wanted Bundy and 
he gave he gave them what they wanted as well. And then when Muldoon came out, I think he had more trouble in that crowd than he did in the on the pitch during the day. It was he just couldn't get around. Everyone wanted to have a just to get to touch the man and just welcome him or, or congratulate him and just be part of you know what he's all about. Okay, so we're going to hear that. You'll hear the Bundy chant. William will take you through a bit of it, myself as well. And uh, it leads up, I think Packy comes up to us a little bit later, so we get a chance to chat to Packy in the midst of it all. So let's just play all that out. Alan? Um, um, we talked to Packy about stress testing his marriage. Oh, yeah, that's the end of the business, but we'll keep that towards the end. I haven't heard that yet. I'll only be hearing that as I edit this. I don't think it's going to reflect well on me. <laughs> This is after the match. The players are coming out, heading back to the bus. Practically everybody is here. The fans are all here cheering them. Okay, here we are. It's the post-game section of a podcast that I can't really make sense of how we're going to put together. We're on the upper tier of the uh, West Stand, outside the back, looking down on where the players come out. And it's packed with Connick fans on the steps all the way up, on both sides and around the barriers as the players come out. There's Tom McCartney coming out to greet the fans. The first of what should be some amazing scenes. bemused security staff uh, now lining up to protect the uh, Connacht bus which is quite funny really because nobody's going to do anything to the Connacht bus Bundy has now peered out just listen to the noise for Bundy taking photographs. Look up, James. Paki, I just want you on this podcast, okay? We're, we're, you'll be on tomorrow's or you'll be on during the week, but... I, we don't expect you to say much because this is fairly emotional, but these scenes as the team are getting well, on the bus. Give us a detailed analysis of what had happened. Okay, detailed analysis. Why did Connacht win? And don't tell me they score more points. <laughs> the talent stick, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. It's it's utterly amazing. It's just so fantastic. Do you remember when we were in Dax? Was it? Was it? How many years ago was it? Was it ten years ago? Oh, I don't know. It's a long. At least time eight ago. years. I know. Yeah. A long time ago. Yeah, I remember sitting down in the street there. Yeah. The thing, thinking, geez, wouldn't it be great if we were. Like, Picked up a win over here. Yeah, no, but if we if, if we could win something, yeah. you know. Oh, yeah. It was just. Win it, because we used to dream of winning Challenge Cups. We got the semi final for Celtic Cups. Just one trophy, we thought. Yeah, that's it, that's it. You know, I was out there today, I was watching it, and I was kind of, you know, I was kind of worried and stuff like that, you know, because Lens were good. Yeah, yeah. And then. But thinking back, they had absolutely zero answer. No answer to that. They couldn't. Um, Raw speed, full power, 
you know, they just couldn't handle it. You know, we had speed on the wings, we had power where we needed power. Did you, we had 28 line breaks to there are something like 10 I want, uh, towards the end or 8 or something. But early in the game, we had 18 in the first 20 line breaks in the game. Like we made, I think we reached 500 metres before in, in ball in hand before they even broke 150. But they're conditioned to run into people. That's what they do. They run into people. Oh, do you know what? I don't care. I'm not getting into I don't care. Yeah. Just... <laughs> we didn't want to get into this. No. It's just... But we do want... We just want to capture it because we're, we're going to... Look, there'll be more podcasts throughout the week at this stage but <laughs> where we get a chance. Maybe we'll be going into July at this rate, but yeah. Where were you in the stand? Uh, I was on the East Stand upper tier. Oh, there was a huge green support up there. There was. There was. You know... I can't really remember it. There was, uh, it was. <laughs> there was, there was just. I, I, it was, it was just, it was a wall of sound. It, it's, I don't know. I hope it looked really good in the telly. I hope only you recorded it actually because yeah, yeah. I didn't. Yeah, Danny, Danny said it was amazing. The sound that was coming through from the Connacht fans was just outstanding. We, we had, we were lucky enough, and we'll have it on the podcast if we haven't had it already. God knows what the running order is. I haven't a clue. I've <laughs> never been as disorganised on a podcast. I don't even know where this fits in. Shoddy, but shoddy, shoddy, I tell you, Willie Ruan, Connacht CEO, comes up to us. Like his tie is perfect, he is as composed. We're all exhausted. Willie, all away, and he's like, "Well, you know, at the end, of the, and like full of passion, full of pride." But he sees he sees this as part of a picture, like a That's bigger good. picture. That's good. That's yeah. good because it should be. They can't. They need to use it, they don't they? they and they're going to milk it. And he said yeah. he said to me a few months ago after record, I said on there, he said, "Rob, if we could ever win the trophy, have you any idea what that would do?" To parade a trophy home so he is going they're going to milk it but they also realise that they're good enough to win a trophy and that's why they won it well that's true and the way they won it yeah. they didn't have the biggest team and the strongest team they didn't buy a squad like Saracens did they, they, because they couldn't and they just came up with this wonderful game plan I love the way John Muld- Muld said uh, was it yesterday that's they wanted to stay true to what they were, yep. you know, the way they were playing Seven all along. Well. Yeah, didn't want to go, you know, booting the ball around. You want? I'm sorry. No, I just said Leinster had no answer to it. You won't have seen the press conference yesterday, but Alan was there and like d- described to Packy like how how relaxed and confident Connacht looked in John Muldoon and Pat Lamb. Uh, it was it was just brilliant. They come in, they sat there, and and I think I said it earlier on. John's eyes were dancing. They were dancing. Yeah, he was just so confident. He was so happy. They had a really good run. They were, he was just dancing along and then you know we, we had to wait around the Leinster guys got delayed and whatever and you could just the body language from Leinster was just astonishingly different it was just the complete opposite our guys there was no fear of us not turning up today yeah it's like the trust of the process Diggle isn't it uh, I, think, I think it might have been <laughs> it might have something to do with the process couldn't be certain but I think it might have and, oh. and they certainly believe in that process and they're, and they're bloody right I said it earlier on the season started with the Southern Hemisphere showing the Northern Hemisphere how to play rugby and the only team that seems to have learned a lesson is us do you know what true enough do you see um, Healy's try over yeah. there uh, the change the change of play and they just they're, they're clued in when it turns over and it's for time to attack it's attack um, there's a lot of thinking to be done not going to give out about Irish squads because I don't care about Irish squads now um, <laughs> But uh, there's lads down there that deserve Irish squads. Um, yeah, there certainly is. I, I, I can't wait to hear whether Shaggy thinks we have more talented players or not anymore, or whether it's still the more talented players are in Leinster. Well, I don't know. Well, do you know what? Maybe they are, but they're, they're not, they don't look it, and they're not they're not playing they're not playing great rugby. 
there's obviously a game plan there I don't know whatever that is well, that, <laughs> it's not just about talent this is the bit these guys yeah. never get it's not just about talent it's about mentality it's about having the right system it's about having heart exactly I think there's the bus leaving now There were Bundy shoes. He walked over and handed them to him. No way. See them on his hands. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, dear. Richard Mulligan, Stop. welcome back to Craggy Island Rugby. Oh, Rob, what a day for you guys. What, what a day. day for us all, actually. Oh, man, Irish rugby. Oh. Did it need that? It needed that. It really needed that. And, you know, all the joking aside, um, whoever's supporting who today, Connacht winning the Pro 12. The, and they won that on the rugby pitch they played a great game of rugby and they beat Leinster off the park let's just be honest about it 2010 was actually probably a fairly soft result for Leinster in a way um, but I just think from an Irish, for, for Irish rugby it's great we've now got Connacht at the top of the pile I think it's great I think it's a great day and it's good to see some of the boys also included in the South African tour I think that's a change in the guard at, in Irish rugby yeah that change in the guard I suppose it can't happen too quickly and we're not too worried about that we didn't need those guys called up until they achieved this maybe but they've really achieved something now they've really put themselves on the map they have but I mean I mean, I remember the last time I was chatting to you I was saying at the start of the season I said expect Connacht to be top of the Pro 12 at the end of the World Cup and they weren't too far off the mm. Pro 12 at that yeah. and they've been consistent and you know and I'm going to put my hand up and say, you know, each week they're going to play a game. We're going to go, you know, sure they're, you not, they're not going to win this one. You know, they're, they're bound to lose this one. And they Glasgow kept on going. Twice, no you, know, you know, and you just, and you just think. And, I mean, my friends there are friends with the Hogs, uh, Stuart Hogs. Oh, brilliant, uh, you know, yeah. And they were all down in Galway last week. And they said it was fantastic. And the atmosphere down in Galway was brilliant. And they were here today. And the atmosphere, and sitting with the Connacht fans again. And, I mean, I was tweeting some of the guys in the Connacht clan and whatnot. And we met some of them last night. And, all, and we've had a ball. And I just think it's it's just fantastic for Pat Lamb and the guys to, to, to be going home the night with the Pro 12 Rugby Trophy yeah I can't wait to get a picture with it I have to say I'm going to turn into a fan for a few seconds and it's, it's going on all my profiles but yeah I mean on, on a season where, where we, we are a little bit lost to where we're going with Irish Rugby but Connacht do seem to be playing a new brand are we getting is that too much to say we seem to be just changing changing the mindset and how we can play rugby well we were just looking at the game and we were just watching watching the game a second time up there in the bar and just looking at it and you look at the line Connacht take the ball on they go into contact but they move the ball on a guy moves on he's ready to take the next move and it's it's about doing the simple basic parts of the game well and Connacht have done that not just today but they've done it from week one of the Pro 12 and they've done it week in week out consistently and that is why they won that game today the Hogs are almost losing patience with him they're leaving without him you'll catch up he's one fast question. One, one question was it a good game because I don't know <laughs> it was a cracking game of rugby and I, and I can actually say it because at least for, for this time I didn't have to worry about taking notes so, so I watched the whole thing from start to finish guys safe home to you right, hey, yeah. take care One more segment to quickly link to, as well as hearing from Packy there. We're going to hear from him again now, because Ronan Byrne was there, friend of the podcast, joined us many times before. Drove all the way up from London to Edinburgh, took him 10 hours driving up. Absolute legend. Um, but it was great to catch him. We decided to do a segment on a specific topic, and here it is. I'm still here at the ground. I got Ronan Byrne with me as well. Dave Finn. 
Paki have been introduced already. But I just want to make this point. Our, our sections of the podcast now are points. And on this point is, Paki, just say it first. We'll bring the lads in. Let's do it again. Yeah. It does, the best team playing the best rugby won, won the game. And nobody can say anything. Connacht were the best. They're the best team all year. They're yeah. the best team in the Pro 12. Yeah. And that's it. That's it's as simple point. as that. Nothing else to be said. Even up Connacht to, are the best team. Even that's eight it. days ago, Ronan, we were still listening to, ah, yeah, World Cup year, missing players, opportunity for Connacht. It's all done. We've beaten the best. When the questions were asked, they found the answers. That's the thing. You know, uh, 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 there was, uh, was uh, snippets of the game where I was just sit, sit, uh, sitting up there looking at it uh, and thinking, sure, this is like a replay of Glasgow, the Glasgow game. There was just, there, you know, you could see the structures and all, everything was like, it was like a mirror image of, of the, the week before. Actually, we were better this week than we were last week. You know, I think we, we, looked, we were the more composed side. First half, unbelievable. Smashed everything in sight and just... Completely, I played Leicester. How satisfying, Dave, is it that, you know, we went in, played the game, we felt we were the better team, we felt if we play like that, we are the better team, and then you just see it happen. It wasn't about luck or bounce of the ball or decisions. It's about, no, we're too good for them. It's very satisfying. <laughs> I was making a point there, and Dave wasn't. <laughs> yeah, he's right, though. It's very, very satisfying. Not, not bits, yeah, and bits smoke, but it's just great. We're just, yeah, we're not we're, uh, yeah, our team with the best team, and that's it. Ronan, we were talking to the likes of Graeme Simmons, Stuart Barnes, and lots of others. Uh, Colin Gregor was there saying it, and the entire Scottish BBC radio broadcast were saying it. Everyone wanted to come and say, You played the best rugby, you're the best team, you're going to win this, and you should win it. Well, I, I'm in the UK, so my coverage has been primarily the Scott, what the Sky games, you know, and yeah, uh, yeah they've, been, they've been very uh, complimentary to Connacht all season. You know, Joss, you know, the, all, they were, all they were saying was what they were seeing on, on the pitch. We were very, we've been very good all season. You know, we a couple of games in the middle of the season where we sort of fell back a wee bit, but then we just got back in the saddle, you know, got back in the saddle. And, you know, I'd like to be magnanimous and say Leinster did well today, but like we battered them first half, we managed them completely in the second half. You just can't, it's hard to add too much more to that, but it's just satisfying. It's so satisfying. But for me, the satisfying thing is rugby like that wins your trophies now and that's so good instead of the god awful shite we've see. seen for a lot, so long Cup final for example yeah, that was the best. So you compare that game with the Heineken Cup final my god if you, if you ask uh, 99.9% of, of Heineken Cup final or, or sorry cha- Champions Cup sorry I do apologise uh, Champions Cup fi- oh, no. uh, final att- attendees <laughs> which game do you rather have been at It'll be the game in Murrayfield, I guarantee you. Yeah, a lot of people would be disappointed to have missed it, but a lot of people are flocking to Knock Airport as we speak. They're expecting two or three thousand people there. Never mind the homecoming tomorrow. It'll be Epic. fantastic. It'll be, uh, uh, my my biggest regret is that I won't be able to get to go away. Hey, you drove you well. drove from London to ten Edinburgh. Hours, ten, ten hours. Ten hours from Surrey. Yeah. How many tanks of petrol? It was a tank and a half, pretty much. It was, uh, yeah. I saw Jeremy Clarkson do it once on one whole tank. Five, five hours driving at twenty miles an hour. I drove from Galway. Edinburgh on the tank again, on the tank of diesel. That's impressive. We, we drove on, on one as well, I think, but uh, and we're driving back. You're back tomorrow. Yeah, half seven ferry, get into Galway two o'clock in the morning, up for work. Hey, I got a text from Orla. Okay, so I got two texts from Orla. Was that your any other business that we recorded for later? I did my any other business. <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that. I was on the phone the mum at that stage, and I'm not looking forward to what Packy was saying any other business. But I got, I, did, I got a text from Orla during the week just going, Orla does listen to the podcast, Roberto. <laughs> and I have to say, my exact reaction was what I texted her, which was, shit, and the lads made me do it, but I don't think you bought Yeah, thanks for that. Yeah, yeah, thanks sorry for that, yeah. Early marriage stress test, I was in the way. <laughs> <laughs> rock solid, rock solid. Weeks in, no bother. 
Oh, that means we, that reminds me, we have to get Pete and Louise on the phone. Hey, isn't it shocking that they'd miss this game? <laughs> <laughs> to go on honeymoon In Crete huh? I saw the picture in the sun Honest to God I'm disappointed I presume they're just Planning the Champions Cup Here next year And that's it like. Sure it'll be like Sky's the limit now lads Sky's the limit At least we might actually Have hotel rooms I'm not sure they'll clash With a margin Ronan Byrne Safe when are you going home? Tomorrow uh, Fingers crossed It'll only be the Seven hours in the car Tomorrow oh, Traffic was the key issue today gotcha. Yeah yeah no, it'll be, it'll be, Yeah it'll be grand I'll be, I'll be home Sometime <laughs> Whenever tonight finishes And I'm legal To get behind the wheel <laughs> Good man Tara Tara will be looking forward To seeing you home Dave Yeah It's um, We've got tomorrow to go as well We have a lot of more Podcasts to do hey, we're, we're going to talk During the week You have to get that event On Wednesday The uh, grassroots screen shirt Oh yeah one. yeah No no I'm going to that I yeah. mentioned to Willie I think you're going to need A bigger room really <laughs> Yeah I'm not sure where it is But wherever it is It's not big enough Thanks lads final segment of the podcast well kind of but don't switch it off yet because we've got what I think quite possibly is the greatest interview we've ever recorded on the Craggy Island Rugby Podcast and I'm going to quickly try and do the maths on how many podcasts we have we've had at least 60 we know that but we've had about four bonus ones as well so uh, well more on that and on uh, lads final thoughts for now before we get on the road again starting with Alan looking forward to going home looking forward to celebrating looking forward to sleeping Ooh, this is like the any other business section but only one person's getting any other business he's not here right now but we're going to play it in in a second Dave final thoughts yeah sleep is good sleep is very good I mean celebrating is even better but sleep will be good now if that has to wait till Thursday grand lovely but it will come and it will be good it will be, it will be good I got two lovely hours sleep on that ferry there it was like out for the count final thoughts William for now for now Ferries, when, it's, when they're calm, are actually quite pleasant. <laughs> <laughs> Very important piece of any other business. Orla does listen to the podcast. Here's Packy. I think seeing as Rob is too busy talking to his agent. <laughs> My any other business. <laughs> I don't really want to... But to the fellas that keep bringing up weddings and missing brides and... (laughs) Despite all the odds, I still have a very happy marriage uh, after three weeks. (laughs) No thanks to you guys. So, uh... uh, We we, we, we wanted to see... We wanted to stress test the marriage. (laughs) Well done. (laughs) I'm I'm glad it passed the test. Well, you, you know Orla. <laughs> but she's been wonderful. And she's delighted I'm here. And unfortunately, she couldn't be here herself. Look if he... We might even try and get her on the podcast. You should. You should. She'd enjoy that. Um, that's it for me. And finally, 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 that interview that we promised you, gold here from Sky Sports' Stuart Barnes, William Davis, caught up with him afterwards and just listen to what this man has to say about Connacht Rugby. Oh, now we'll have some singing. <laughs> you asked for it, folks. The celebrations are going on in the background and I'm with Stuart Barnes, who is, was commentating today for Sky Television and sending in a column for the Sunday Times. Stuart, how did you enjoy that game? I loved it. Um, 
it's a cliche to talk about rugby romance, but I, I watched a Leinster team who played by numbers, who have frustrated me all season, and against them I saw Pat Lamb's Connacht team who played with ambition. They didn't play perfect rugby, but it's very hard to play perfect rugby when you're that expansive. Uh, what they did achieve uh, under the pressure of a first-ever cup final was an ability to outstrip Leinster wide, um, to outthink them, to play at a pace that was beyond them. And, you know, uh, I, I think it's great for European rugby when you stop and look at what they've done because it tells us, uh, it gives us a clue as to how we can compete with the Southern Hemisphere. And the answer is extra pace, extra ambition uh, and a lack of fear. Too often we equate international rugby and cup final rugby with doing nothing except squeezing the opposition. Leinster tried to do that and they got beaten. Um, uh, it's probably in Leo Cullen, who's a, a, a bright young coach, but he's a newcomer. It's probably in his influence to sit down and see what Pat Lamb did to him. They... Um, they outplayed them because they played not just with passion, but they played with real ambition, and you don't see enough of it. And that's why last year's World Cup, we had four teams from the Southern Hemisphere in the semis. It is not a coincidence. The fact that there's such a New Zealand influence in the way that Connacht played is not a coincidence either. Do you think that mindset to play like that is you have to have total lack of fear, but you also have to have commitment to the system? Yeah, you do. I mean... If you're, if, you're, if, if you're scared of playing that way, you're scared because your coach is going to give you a, a rollicking if you make mistakes. And if you have that mindset, you can't do it. No players can. I was very fortunate in my period at Bath. Uh, I worked with Jack Rowell, who was a great man manager. And we had Brian Ashton, a bats coach, who was uh, the nearest thing I worked with to a, a genius. And we were always encouraged to think for ourselves. And if things went wrong... You're told, why did they go wrong? You weren't bollocked for it. You were, you were told to think about it and, and make it work better. And rugby is a clever game. R rugby, to me, is a, a superior game to rugby league, not for any athletic reason, but because there's extra dimensions into defence with 15 blokes there. It, you know, it's not just one line and then you're through. And you have to work your way through that. And it can be with the boot, it can be with the ball in hand. But you have to be clever and you have to think. And for me... Uh, what I think we saw today. People will just think it was really bold and brave. Uh, I thought we saw Pat Lamb outthink Leo. Leo didn't expect them to play that wide in a final. And, and when the thinking is original and it's smart thinking, then you end up with a game that could be. I mean, if, 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 if Collett had an eight-man pack, that was like a springbok pack at its best, then actually they might have played 10-man rugby and won it, and that's OK. But when you look at what Leinster have and what they have, they worked out what to do, and what they had to do was play as they played all season and not pull back the reins at all. And they did that, and they won, because they had the courage to practice all of this, to put it into practice, and not to freeze. You know, I, I watched Exeter play Saracens beforehand, and Exeter, like Connors, have played some great rugby this season. Um, but in the last couple of months, as they've got nearer titles, nearer uh, cup finals, they've closed their game up and they've kicked to the corner. They've got this great catch-and-drive game, but they've actually shrunk to that. And that's disappointing. And I think Rob Baxter will look at that and think, we can't allow ourselves to be squeezed into that confine Connacht did the exact opposite. They kept get, they played wider and wider and wider, and 
you know, it's great to be able to say it's entertaining rugby for neutrals and it's also winning rugby for teams. You know, we've got to get away from this thing where entertaining is a dirty word. I mean, I, 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 I don't actually like the word entertaining myself because sometimes it can be a bit, you know, it's a bit sort of seven o'clock on a Saturday night and some sort of nonsense on television that's not entertaining. But smart rugby is fast rugby because that's harder rugby to defend. And that was the lesson today. Leinster played slow rugby, therefore more tackles were made by Connaught, but they were easy tackles. Connaught played fast rugby, therefore Leinster made fewer tackles, but they missed a whole load more. And that's the difference between winning 2010 and losing 2010. Stuart, appreciate your time. Thank you for the analysis. My pleasure. open there so people can hear you. It's not like we're in that conspicuous car to begin with. Not our windows, not our windows, front windows. Car flags will go flying.